Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm the music pastor here, and I am joined as always, or as usual, with... Chase Jacobs. Chase Jacobs, and welcoming back with us... Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, teaching pastor here. So, this past Sunday, Chase, you discussed, uh, or you were preaching from 2 Thessalonians... Three and you finished up the book of Second Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. So congratulations! Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, it's great to be done. <laughs> <laughs> As of this recording, you still haven't preached it yet. That's but right. I'm, a, I'm looking forward in, to being. We're anticipating done. that. Yeah. So you preached from the end of uh, chapter three, and the big theme there was church discipline. Yeah. Uh, this idea that Paul was telling them to admonish the idol mm-hmm. among them, and to uh, to even not associate with them. And we talked about all that means for us in yeah. that phase of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that formal so, process of taking right. it to the church. So today, naturally, we thought we'd talk about membership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if discipline is the is the back door or the exit for church membership, uh, we wanted to talk about the front door. So yeah. the the entry to church membership. Uh, so Ryan's here to help us think through this. Um, Church membership is uh, kind of being renewed in in our evangelical circles in the last decade or so, gaining new life and new momentum, and um, even for younger generations, which has been encouraging. Um, but there are still churches uh, that don't practice any kind of formal membership, and and there are Christians that don't believe that we see this in the Bible that we should um, have any kind of formal membership that. Um, and the way they see it. So, we want to talk about it from a biblical perspective and from uh, a Desert Springs Church perspective, how we practice it here. So, to get us started, both of you guys can jump in and answer this. Uh, what is church membership? Chase, why don't you get us started? Yeah, well, uh, it may help to just stop and think about all of the metaphors that the Bible uses to describe our participation in the church. Um, so, there's kind of two different ways that we use the word church. Um, one is is what we call the big C church or, or maybe the Catholic church or the universal church, right? So it's every person that has genuinely believed in Jesus. We would even say every elect mm-hmm. believer uh, alive on earth at one time and then throughout all of history. So, And you don't so, mean the Roman Catholic church when no, you not say that. Little, I mean a little C Catholic to talk right. about the big C church. Catholic just, just means Latin, right? For yeah. For universal is Catholic sure. Latin. <laughs> sure. Didn't you study? <laughs> uh, Ryan thinks so. Um, but yeah, so there's there's this idea of the big church and then the local church, yeah. um, which is a, a local manifestation of the people in that place covenanted together. But yeah, when the Bible talks about the church, it uses language like um, a flock of sheep, mm-hmm. you know, so we're all sheep, but we're in one flock together and we have yeah. one chief shepherd. Uh, to use the language of a body, so we're different parts of the body, like an eye or an ear. Um, but then, to maybe mix that metaphor a little bit, Jesus is the head of the body, the church, and so we're all parts of that body. Um, on and on. So there's these different things that try to try to get to this idea of a uh, a group of individuals that are united together in the church. So in that sense, we are all members of the church universal. Yeah, Ryan. Anything to Add to that, no, what is church membership? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the the metaphors are really important. They they all imply um, conscious, overt identification and participation mm. with a, a local body. Yeah. 
Um, there is one place in, I think it's Acts 9, where the church is spoken of, um, the church in Judea, Samaria, etc. Yeah. And so that would be just one indi- one place in the Bible where church is um, is not just local, and it's clearly not referring to the whole universal church. Uh, the Puritans referred to it as the Catholic um, visible church, um, but that there's only one reference to that. Um, you know, yeah. so we've got universal church, as Chase was talking about, and the, by far the the vast um, majority of references in the Bible are to local churches. You know, the church at Philippi, the church in Colossae. Right. Yeah. And so, where do we see church membership uh, in the Bible? You guys have referenced, yeah, a lot of these um, images and word pictures uh, to describe the church. Um, but where are some of those places that people can go to see this idea of churches um, having some sort of membership? Well, right at the beginning of Acts, um, 2,000 believed. They were baptized, and they were added to the church that day. The fact that there's a number um, means that this wasn't just some chaotic mass of people that you know could come and go. They were keeping count. They were keeping count. Um, whether they wrote down names or not, that doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. They, they knew um, mm-hmm. how many they had. Um, and the number grows through the book of Acts uh, in Jerusalem. So that, that language of being added to the church or joined— uh, is also an acts um, that would indicate yeah. church membership. Yeah, yeah. With with church membership, and I think what we're talking about in like this formal sense in the local church is is that like kind of a clear accounting for knowing very very clearly who is in this church and who is not in this church. So yeah. so that um, you know in in Hebrews it says that that there's a, a knowledge of who the elders are giving an account for in oh, the yeah. local church. They've got yeah. they know the list. They know the names, even if it's written down or not. They know the names of everybody that that's there, and that was so obvious to the church in the time of the New Testament that a lot of times it's much more assumed by the writers than I think it is explicit. You know, Ryan, you gave a good mention of a time where there is an explicit writing down of the roles, but a lot of times it's just an obvious implication of that. So, so a lot of people would say, "Well, I don't see this anywhere in the Bible," but once you kind of understand what we're talking about and that it is so assumed, well, then you just sort of see it everywhere, you know. Right. Another really good case is with just with church discipline, like we talked about. You have to know who's in yeah. in order to remove someone mm-hmm. right. from that in group. And that church discipline process includes when the church comes together. Yeah. Tell it to the church, yeah. Matthew 18. Um, you know, same with the Lord's Supper. It's it, it happens when the church comes together. Right. First Corinthians... Eleven. Uh, Eleven. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's that's very good. So the the we're getting into yeah the next section we want to talk about of why it's so meaningful. Um, Chase, you and I were talking earlier, and it just seems like membership. Yeah, though it's not explicit in the scriptures, it's so implicit, so applied, so assumed in the New Testament. It's like a huge thread that if you start to pull, it just unravels so much uh, of the rest of church life together. You mentioned. Uh, discipline. I just think of just the identity of the church. The mm-hmm. church is a people that gathers in a place in a certain time. Mm-hmm. It is geographical. It is, uh, yeah, it is in a moment in time. It's not just, uh, as some people have said, it's not just about budget buildings and bylaws, mm-hmm. uh, right? That does. That's not what makes a church. That's not the church. Yeah. The church is a membership. Right. So without membership, you don't 
in essence, have a church. Yeah, yeah. and even that language of membership can be a little confusing to somebody in our culture. Like you yeah. and I are both members of Costco. Costco, PowerFlex. That's right, PowerFlex gym. Um, but the way that we think about our membership in a gym is not what the Bible has mm-hmm. in mind in, in terms of membership. Yeah, we think of it, yeah, from a consumeristic standpoint. What's in it for me? I'm a membership at Costco, so I can shop there and buy, you know, huge amounts of peanuts at a discount price. Yeah, but you're not accountable to Costco. Right. Costco doesn't expect anything yeah. from you yes. besides your money. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, if you don't like your gym anymore, you can just let your membership lapse and mm-hmm. go find another gym. And yeah. Nobody really cares. And if we, if we stop going to the gym, most people wouldn't notice. I mean, Randy would. My wife notices. Your your wife will notice. <laughs> I'll notice. Uh, but yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna take note and and want to like check up check up on us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where the church is much more like a like an embassy. I think is how Jonathan Lehman mm. described it um, for for citizens of this this in, kingdom an outpost an outpost of yeah heaven yeah yeah exactly on on earth and we are uh we're more like citizens of a of a nation um so becoming a member of desert springs isn't unlike becoming a uh, a citizen of the united yeah, states like of america going through a, and you know even i think i think lehman uses this that your baptism is like a naturalization ceremony that That's you're right. making an oath to swear allegiance to a new lord um and yeah, you become a citizen of you know we're kind of dual citizens. We live in this kingdom, yeah. we live in this world, but we're mm-hmm. also citizens of heaven, is what Paul says in Philippians three. Um, and so we are supposed to walk as citizens worthy of heaven, um, and then we also get to experience the benefits of that citizenship in heaven. But the church is supposed to be, like you said, an embassy, which is embassies are cool. You know, that's like foreign soil, right? Yeah. In another country, you know, the church is, is a little manifestation of heaven on earth. Or a representation. Or a representation. Yeah. And, and so it's all the more serious that, that yeah. we are conducting ourselves as citizens worthy of heaven. And ambassadors. Know, yeah, yeah, as ambassadors. And we know who is and who isn't a citizen. Yeah. You've used the illustration before, Ryan, of, of a, a team. You put on a jersey yeah. to overtly identify with that team, and then everybody knows what team you're on, what you stand right. for, what you, what that represents. Yeah, for someone to say, I'm an NFL player, and then the follow-up question be, well, what team do you play for? And you say, well, I'm not on a team. I'm on all the teams. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that doesn't really work. You yeah. actually have to yeah. You have to pick a team and identify with that team and work with that team, and, you know, apart from days of COVID, at least. Right, and if you never actually get on the field with that team or gather with that team, then you're probably not on the team. Yeah, and even, you know, if I put on my Dallas Cowboys jersey, that doesn't make me part of the team either. You know, the the team has to validate me and right. and my right. being a participant street. on their team. Yeah. yeah. Covenanting yeah. together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so why do people uh, need to join a church? What what are the, what's the benefit of joining a church? Say if you're a believer listening to this podcast uh, in Albuquerque or wherever, but you're not a covenant member of a local church then why should they be moved to to join? Well, benefit would be one place to start, but maybe not the best place to start. So responsibility might be a better place to start. Yeah. You know, the, the famous Kennedy line, um, ask not what you uh, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. The same could be said for your church. So there's great responsibility. There are people who have great needs in your church, and, and that's why you need to be fully committed to them in this, you know, official capacity. Again, overtly, officially 
identifying oneself with a local body in order to fulfill what Jesus commanded the church to be and to do. Yeah. So you're saying kind of make that shift from that consumeristic mindset that yeah. says church is just for me and what right. I get out of church, um, but more the body language again, that you are a, an active member with a specific set of gifts that the Spirit has given to you for the building up of the church into maturity. Right. Yeah. And as each part is doing its part, then there is mutual benefit. Absolutely. So we can speak of benefit, um, even if it's not the, r- the right place to start necessarily. But w- what are the benefits? Accountability, yeah. encouragement, not being alone, not being self-sufficient as if yeah. we could be. Um, we need each other. We need, um, you know, edification. We need um, correction. We we need people to see our sin that we can't see ourselves. Um, the the mirror is often fuzzy. Um, people can often um, identify our sins sometimes better than we can. Yeah, we absolutely. Yes, yeah, you're defining discipleship. So when you were preaching Sunday, Chase, about discipline, discipline is just part of discipleship. It's what we do as a body. Church discipline is happening all the time. Yeah, we think about it as just that last step when someone's removed from membership. Excommunication, yeah. yeah but actual, really, all of it, yeah. our discipleship is discipline. That's right. So that that's a huge uh, uh, blessing for church members is to be a part of the, uh, the life of the church, uh, the church gathered and the church scattered throughout the city uh, to be, like you said, Ryan, held accountable uh, for love and encouragement, but yeah, and to be to be built up, um, and then also to to submit yourself under the authority of a local church of the of the other members, like you said, Ryan, of the accountability, but also accountability to elders yeah. and to leaders. There's uh, that's that's God's design for it, and there's protection and there's blessing to be had when we when we do that. And if there is no formal membership. Then, then how do you recognize that if if all all it is is I show up here and then I'll, I'm a member will call me a member if I just show up uh, to this church regularly, um, but then somebody does something or says something you don't like and so then you're just on to the next church down the, down the road, and and then there's no there's no accountability there there's no process for um, for growth mutually from for us as elders or for that individual who just decided to leave. So membership membership holds us more accountable in all of those things. And it's a testimony to the world when we keep doing that, right? It's a, it's assurance for ourselves, right? We can be assured mm. of our ongoing faith in the gospel um, because we keep believing it together. And there are people around me who aren't calling into question my um, the genuineness of my salvation. But uh, – that's a personal benefit, but there's a benefit to the world um, where the church corporately confesses um, a gospel, holds out that gospel, um, does works that befit that gospel, uh, and they keep doing it year yeah. in and year out, and, yeah. they're, and they don't treat it like Sam's Club, and they don't treat it like a movie theater, yeah. um, and they don't talk about it loosely like, this is where I go to church, or this is what I attend there. Mm-hmm. But if we can get more robust in our yeah. vocabulary to talk about where, where I belong, where I'm a member, yes. where I'm committed and covenanted, um, I think that speaks volumes to the, say, to the world. Yeah, my church. Uh, yeah, a huge aspect of church membership is assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's how we affirm one another's professions of faith is through membership. That's, that's the process of our members' meetings 
is is the elders putting forward uh, new members who we have sat down with and heard their profession of faith. We think it is credible. They've been baptized, and we put them forward as membership, and then the church together affirms that. So membership and discipline is basically how we affirm or unaffirm <laughs> a profession of faith, yeah. right? Yeah, and that affirmation is ongoing. Uh, I heard somebody once say that you could think of the church as a an assurance of salvation club, yeah. you know, and that's really a sweet that's, grace when you good. have a when you have those days where you're just kind of wondering, you know, when you're down and and you feel like um, you, you start to doubt, you know, am mm-hmm. I really saved? Am I really a Christian? And then you have these other brothers and sisters that that don't doubt that, yeah. that that see the they're fruit, encouraged they, they, by your faith, yeah, and they're yeah. encouraged and and yeah, and they just say, no, you're you're there, and that's and that's sort of the role of the church is to continue to assure and continue to see all of our members all the way to the finish line. Exactly, yeah. If you're counseling a st- struggling parents who are struggling with their kids and discipline, they just feel like failures or they, they feel like they're bad parents, um, even just affirming that struggle in them is, mm-hmm. brother, this is, or sister, this is God's grace in your life. That is affirming yeah. uh, their standing in Christ and that the fact that they're still fighting, still working. That's a huge part of what we are to do as members to one another, our, yeah. our uh, responsibility toward one another in yeah. the participation of membership. It isn't just, okay, put my name on the roll, I'll show up on Sundays, I'll hear the preaching, um, and, then, and then go, maybe I'll join a community group if I'm hardcore. <laughs> but we actually have responsibility to one another once we are uh, members of a church together. So maybe we could talk, um, you got something to add to that, Ryan? Well, to go back to that thing of assurance, I, I just love this Mark Dever quote, and I've given it, I think, every time I've preached on membership. Here it is. Do you really want to know that your new life is real? Commit yourself to a local group of saved sinners and love them. Don't just do it for three weeks or six months. Do it for years. And I think you'll find out, and others will too, whether you love God. The truth that if you love God, you will love his people, will show itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so that's good. A, that's a robust view of, of yeah, membership. And, and you know what that commitment. makes me think of? One, one metaphor that we haven't mentioned, I don't think, is, is family. Mm. You know, yeah. that we, we call each other brother and sister. And I was just thinking about this with this sermon that you know how many brothers and sisters you have. Mm-hmm. You know exactly who, you know, in an ordinary family, you know mm-hmm. exactly who your brothers and sisters are. That's and good. you you don't really have the privilege, privilege of just getting to walk away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, you are in each other's lives. Um, maybe sometimes when you wish they weren't, but if if the family's hurting, you know who's hurting and you can take care of them. And if somebody's hurting the family, you address that um, mm-hmm. because you just can't walk away from brothers and sisters. That's not how it works. And that's the vision that, that the Bible gives for the family of God is that we are, for better or worse, you know, stuck together mm-hmm. like a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bound together for the sake of the yeah. gospel. Yeah. yeah, a body, a flock. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all, again, identifiable, known quantities, yeah. um, w- interacting with each other, living life together, uh, knowing who each other is. And you just can't call one person a flock. <laughs> you can't call one person a family. That's right. Um, it has to be multiple people together. So let's talk about the particulars of becoming a member at Desert Springs Church. Um, what is that process? Chase, you're about to teach a membership class. Yeah, that'd be where it starts, right? So let's yeah. let's start there, and, and yep. we can just walk through uh, that process of becoming yeah. a member here. Yeah, uh, September 11th and 12th, we're having uh, our Knowing Christ, Knowing the Church class, which is our membership class. It's not too late to sign up if you haven't signed up yet. Um, and yeah, that's that's 
six to eight hours worth of kind of just introductory material about what we believe as a church, what are our, our distinctives. When mm-hmm. you are joining this church, you are um, consenting to the statement of faith that we've all kind of agreed around, and uh, you're you're learning about what distinguishes Desert Springs Church from, say, the Presbyterian Church across town, you know, mm-hmm. or the Lutheran Church on the other side, you know, that we are different in certain theological mm-hmm. distinctives, and if this is the place that you want to belong, then you need to be on board with those distinctives. And um, then what is what are we covenanting together to do? You've you've used that phrase a lot. We have a covenant of fellowship as a church. Um, it's a it's on our website. You can read that. It's the promises that we're making, kind of living out the one another commands that the Bible gives. How are we going to uh, not just take from this church, but contribute to this church and be accountable to this church? And so, in that meeting uh, or in that class, we'll talk about what that what that covenant is and that's all preparatory for the next step in the process which would be a membership interview okay uh, i mentioned the membership interview earlier ryan you want to talk any more about that next step after they go through a class and then they're gonna they're gonna meet with an elder right yeah they meet with an elder um again the the main document in front of the the elder and the pros, prospective member would be the covenant of fellowship and so we're looking at that and seeing you know, if there are any questions, any concerns, if we're making sure that there's mutual agreement, um, uh, the prospective member signs the covenant of fellowship, um, and then the elder recommends that person to membership at our next members meeting. There you go. And then the the members of Desert Springs at that members meeting uh, affirm that brother or sister into covenant membership here at our church. And I think the the bar as we're voting on members, right, of, um, you know, we're not voting on people because we like them or we mm-hmm. particularly think, oh, yeah, they'll be a good add to our team. You know, we're just trying to affirm, you know, the, the going all the way back to the keys of the kingdom, which is where this idea comes from, you know, in Matthew 16, um, do they profess the same thing that Peter professed? Yeah. That Jesus is the Christ. And if they, you know, as far as uh, the elder could tell in that membership interview if, if they seem to have a credible profession of faith and there's no one in our community that says, oh, wait, no, I know this guy and I know things that they're doing that clearly would not be what a Christian would do. Um, if there's not anything that gives us pause to think that they're not really a Christian, then we as a church would vote to accept them into membership. That's right. Yeah, yeah so we don't see any of these particulars in the Bible as far as you must sign a covenant of fellowship, you must meet with an elder for an inter- membership interview, right? We don't see these particulars, uh, but we see them as ways of guarding guarding uh, that membership. They're, um, they're just exercises of prudence uh, among us, but also uh, ultimately guarding the, the gospel and the gospel witness of our church because we want to have a regenerate membership. Yeah, they're kind of doing what would have just happened naturally in the first century in like Thessalonica. You know, there's one church in Thessalonica and they're persecuted. Right. So you're not like a casual attender at the church in Thessalonica. You know who's in and who's out. And you know yep. exactly, and everybody outside knows who's in and out too, mm-hmm. you know, because they're boycotting your business and fining you and trying to beat you, you know. So, yeah. um, and there's there's a really high cost. So the people that want to join that church want to join because they have genuinely believed that Jesus is Lord. You know, it's mm. not that they stand to lose a lot by getting baptized and by fellowshipping with these ostracized minority Christians. Yeah. Um, in our culture, that's just it's just different. And so, yeah. 
to kind of guard what would have been happening naturally. Like you said, we want to make sure every member in our church is, as far as we can tell, and we, we're not mm-hmm. infallible in that, but is really a regenerate Christian. They really have believed in Jesus, and we want to make really clear that we as a church know who's in and who's out because it is right. so easy in our culture to go without being known. Yeah, yeah in a culture that's um, relatively non-persecuted um, and fairly consumeristic, uh, we got to know who's in and who's out. We got to know who says, "Yep, count count on me. Yeah. Uh, I'm in on this. I, I want to do me this." Accountable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what our covenant of fellowship does. So it's a formal process that maybe isn't seen exactly in the New Testament, but it's mm-hmm. our way of achieving the same things that they were having um, right. organically accomplished in the first century. Yeah. And with cultural Christianity in America, it's a way of filtering out some nominal. Christians who would just view attending a church service on Sundays as church membership, and I'm a Christian, um, because it was culturally what they did, what their parents did, what their grandparents did. Yeah. Uh, so this is a way of of filtering through uh, some of that that we have to uh, that we have to deal with in our country. And that's it, really important because we what we don't want to happen, and what historically has tended to happen in the American church is is by not having this high view of membership and not having this degree of accountability, there's been a lot of false assurance given yeah. to people that people can think that they really are something that they're not. And and there would be, I mean, one of the scariest verses is uh, is from Matthew 7 when Jesus says that people stand in front of him and say, Lord, I did all these things in your name. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. You know, that, that they were never confronted with the reality that for whatever they thought they were, they were not that. And so we also see church membership and, you know, the levels of church discipline as being a grace, as being a good to people and uh, preparing them for the judgment of Christ, you know, that they will stand and give an account. And we would much rather that accountability happen now favorably mm-hmm. than they stand and, and have to give an account. Right. Before You're going to talk about that Sunday, right, of... Of discipline is a foretaste of yeah. church discipline properly done is a foretaste of the final judgment. Yeah, and that's you know from uh, a Jonathan Lehman book called "The Church and the Surprising Offense of God's Love," um, which which is thick but really good on this stuff. And and he says that 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 maybe the reason that the American church takes church discipline so lightly is because we take the final judgment so lightly. Mm-hmm. That's, That's good. a good point. Any other resources we'd point our people to? You mentioned Jonathan Lehman. Lots of ninemarks.org. Uh, material on church membership, church discipline. That's, yeah, that would be the go-to. The, the little nine marks book on church membership. Yeah, right? yes, right. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Um, the BT's book uh, on what is a healthy church member. I think that's a really helpful book. Mm. Uh, Mark Dever and someone else co-authored a book. I, I, I feel bad. I don't remember the other guy's name, but. Um, it's the church, the gospel made visible. Yeah, and that's a neglected book. I think it's um, it's easily one. overlooked, but it's really important. It is a much more easy to read version of Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Sure, it's, yeah. it's shorter, and uh, yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, I've recommended that one. Yeah, if we can go back to the covenant of fellowship thing, um, we shouldn't feel bad about putting um, our own words as summaries of what we think the Bible says. So is the covenant of fellowship that we have as our church in the Bible? We'd say yes and no. No, not explicitly. 
yes, all these things come from the Bible. Right. There's nothing wrong with summarizing what we think the Bible teaches about Christian ethics and body life, just like a statement of faith. Statement of faith, do we have our statement of faith explicitly in the Bible? No, but do we think our statement of faith is a good summary of the fundamental doctrines of uh, Christian belief? Yeah, and, and yeah. it's kind of necessary. Instead of just saying, here's the Bible, do you agree with the Bible? Uh, there's an old saying, every heretic has his verse. Mm -hmm. um, heretics um, often don't abandon the Bible, they misuse the Bible. So if we say, you know, no creed but the Bible, um, we're, we're really setting ourselves up for um, just uh, tragic um, yeah. outcomes. Yeah, because yeah. then there's no standard interpretation that we're appealing to yes. for accountability, yeah. Yeah. you know, with the covenant of fellowship. And, that, and that's the way that we would use that in some ways in a, in a disciplined case is to yeah. say, hey, just to remind you, you promised that you would not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. You promised that you would support uh, this church financially. You promised these other things. Exactly. Um, and that's not because we're asking you to promise that. This is just a distillation of God, what God's word has commanded you to do as a Christian. Yeah, it's just like historical confessions and catechisms are useful in clarifying and reinforcing what we see in Scripture and what we think is, is taught in Scripture. So Covenant Fellowship is trying to do uh, something like that, but specifically for membership here. I had one more. Uh, Tom Rayner's book, I Am a Church Member, yeah. as we're going to start using in the KCKC classes. Um, it's real simple to read, and it's much more focused on what does it actually look like for you to be a a contributing member in yeah. our church you know what what is um what is expected of you and how can you joyfully build up the church that you belong to sounds good all right well thanks guys thanks ryan thanks drew well you've been listening to the desert springs church podcast if you'd like any more information you can reach us at info at dscabq.com lord william will have another one of these episodes out next week but until then Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper.